GM, I'm Matthew Diemer, and this is GM from Decrypt. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, February 27th, 2023. I hope everybody had a great weekend. What did I do this weekend? It just flew by. It was a warm weekend again here in the Midwest. Um, I know everybody says global warming is a disaster, and I 100% agree. But for the Midwest, I mean, for Ohio, no snow, going to the beach in February, it's absolutely insane. But I hope you had a good weekend. I saw my brother. Hung out, watched the movies. Are you guys watching The Last of Us? That is a damn good show. Not too sure about this last episode, though, but overall, I am very, very happy with it. Star Trek Picard, of course, as well. Anyway, today's show, like always, we're going to get into our crypto prices. We're going to get into our daily news, and then we'll see you at the end. Now, let's get into those crypto prices. And the time is 8.38 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $23,414, up around a percent in 24 hours. Ethereum's trailing at $1,640, up 2.5% in 24. Tether's number three. Binance is at 304, up 0.6%. And USDC is number five. Rounding off the top 10, we have XRP, Cardano, Matic is down 2.4% in 24. Sad, it's at $1.24. It's almost time to buy some. Not financial advice, obviously. But I'm going to BTFD. Binance, BUSD is number 9. And Dogecoin is at number 10. Let's take a look a little bit down more on the list because there's some interesting things. We have Solana sitting at number 11 at $22.75. There's a little bit of hiccups with the network over the weekend. Litecoin was sitting at... 9464 up 0.7%. And since we had Amin Glenn Searer on the show, who is the founder of Avalanche, well, Avalanche is sitting at 1809, down about, eh, we're just going to call it even. It's down 0.1%, but it's pretty much even in 24. The total market cap is sitting at $1.07 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 42.2 and an F dominance of 18.7. Now, let's move into our daily news. Moving into today's headlines, banning cryptocurrency shouldn't be taken off the table, says the IMF. The IMF managing director said, we are very much in favor of regulating the world of digital money, which regulation does not mean banning. So let's see what else they say. However, if regulation is slow to come and crypto assets become higher risk for consumers and potentially for financial stability, banning cryptocurrencies should not be taken off the table. There's a lot of confusion, they continue to say, about digital money and that the IMS first objective is to differentiate between a central bank digital currency or CBDC that is backed by the state 
and publicly issued and a stablecoin and other crypto assets. According to the IMF, state-backed stablecoins have the reliability and reasonably good space for the economy, whereas non-backed crypto assets are speculative, high-risk investments, and not money. Now, really quick, I see their point because, look, there's a lot of crypto assets out there. How many are there right now? 2,000, 3,000, 4,000? I don't even know. I could go look at CoinMarketCap really quick. Let me just refresh and see how many assets they have listed. They have, oh, what am I talking about? 3,000. 22,691 crypto assets on CoinMarketCap right now. And so are all of those money? I mean, I can see why the IMF is kind of like sitting there. Okay, so what should we consider and what can we, should we not consider? Should we consider stable coins, which I think is a great thing to consider? Algorithmic stable coins? <laughs> not so much. They haven't proven very uh, trustworthy in the past. But what about Bitcoin? What about Ethereum? What about some of these uh, other coins that have been around for a long time that have not only the backing of people just, you know, invested into them, uh, holding their money into them, using them, the transactions with them. And there's also coins that are in, you know, certain ecosystems, like they're inherent within like a certain space. So if a company is using a cryptocurrency for some kind of transaction, gaming companies is another thing. If they're using cryptocurrencies uh, for, you know, their NFTs or just the gas fees or transactions or to buy and sell and trade within the game. Now, that's a different thing to consider. Now, is that money? Maybe not money in the meat world, but is it money in the digital world? And I think that the IMF needs to really start uh, figuring out what that means. Do you remember last week when we spoke about blockchain.com and their gaping $270 million hole because of the fall of Three Arrows Capital? <laughs> well, now CoinFlex says that Blockchain.com owe them $4.3 million in flex tokens or $3 million flex. Apparently, they lent them that flex last year. Blockchain.com said with all their elegance, this is completely false. Well, a demand notice was sent by CoinFlex on February 24th and it asserts that Blockchain.com has until March 7th to repay its flex tokens and sets the deadline of March 21st for blockchain.com to send those funds. Otherwise, CoinFlex says that the exchange will face the commencement of legal proceedings, including but not limited to the formal demand for payment. CoinFlex seems to be acting out of urgency. The lawyer said this in a statement. You have failed, refused, or neglected to repay the 3 million flexed coins that are long overdue to be repaid. If our client is compelled to enforce its legal rights against you, this is what their lawyers are saying, by the way. CoinFlex's lawyers. It will naturally look towards you for the maximum amount of interest and cost that is recoverable by law. See, this is what's happening right now. This is a, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, panic moment for these companies that are owed money. And this is from CoinFlex. They're panicking right now because we saw that there's a gaping hole in blockchain.com. So CoinFlex is trying to put it out there. They're trying to make it public. They're trying to get lawyers involved. They're trying to say, hey, you owe us money. We think you're going to go bankrupt, so uh, let's get that money as soon as possible. Hopefully, they recover. Actually, they're hoping that they recover, but they also want it to be out there so that they have like they have their dibs out there. Because if they go bankrupt, then you know they're taking a step back. Who knows if they're going to recover those funds? And then it's going to go through this whole proceeding that could take years, years. Even the Bernie Madoff, uh, you know, trying to get that call all of that money back is still in its proceedings. I know a lawyer here in Cleveland that is still trying to claw back Bernie Madoff money. Just imagine how long it's going to take to claw back that SBF money. CoinFlex has provided no evidence, blockchain.com said, by the way. No evidence, no documentation, no on-chain data to support their claims. So, 
Are they owed money? We don't know. CoinFlex says they are. Alchemy hopes its new Create Web3 DAP or CW3D platform will help bring more people into decentralized technologies and move toward mass adoption. Their project manager said, Our overall mission and vision to bring blockchain or Web3 to a billion people, the way we really see that happening is by empowering developers. Alchemy tweeted this, Building an app from scratch in four minutes sounds impossible, right? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wrong. Create Web3 Dapp, just enter the chat. It's your complete full-stack multi-chain toolkit that's fast, flexible, and free. Alchemy's product manager continued to say, If you want grandmother to be able to use Web3 applications, there has to be a project that she actually gets excited about using. That is absolutely silly. Grandma's not going to be using Web3 applications, but that's okay. I understand what you're saying here. Maybe they're talking about my generation, Gen X or millennials that turn into grandmothers here really soon. I'm, I hope to turn into a grandfather, but uh, you, you know what I'm saying. Get older uh, and then start using this technology. Continue to say, and in order for there to be a product, a developer must be excited about building that product. Building Web3 now is pretty similar to building a website in the 90s. It's like a hot space. There's tons of opportunity, but the infrastructure tooling and support that you get as a developer is like close to nothing. If you really want to build the next generation of mainstream applications, the tooling and infrastructure has to be able to support you through that. Alchemy, by the way, was launched in 2017, and it's a blockchain software development company that builds applications across several chains, including Ethereum, Polygon, Arbitrum, Optimism, with plans to integrate Solana in the future. NFTs are being touted as the Trojan horse for crypto adoption. Well, at least that's what the NFT factory says. An NFT factory is a dedicated hub at the heart of Paris and is trying to offer within its 400 square meter physical building NFT education for, I guess they're trying to be that Trojan horse. Um, honestly, they have a brick and mortar, right? They have a brick and mortar education hub and uh, brick and mortar doesn't work for retail anymore. So why is it going to work for this digital space? And even actually... Solana's retail store just closed down after seven months of operation. So I am not putting a lot of faith that this is actually going to work. It's going to be there for a little bit. But do you think it's going to be there for long term? Obviously, in five years time, it's going to be there. And everybody's going to be like, hey, Matt, you were wrong. But I'm just looking at, you know, normal brick and mortars right now. And of course, Solana's foray into uh, the brick and mortar space with their retail store. Again, they closed down after only seven months. You know what else is stacking against them with this is, okay, fine, it's challenging to have a retail store, a physical location, especially for something in a digital space. But also they have around 1,000 people having memberships. And so with this membership to the store, you can go and buy uh, a cup of coffee and discuss things and general business ideas. You're a member to this exclusive club, this exclusive Trojan horse. You can see why I'm skeptical or not. Let me know what you think. Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. Jack Dorsey's payment company, Block, beat all Wall Street expectations on the top line but missed on earnings. In the latest earnings report last quarter, Block reported a $1.83 billion in Bitcoin revenues from its cash app business unit. It's down 7% from the same time 
in 2021. For the full year of 2022, Black posted a $1.66 billion gross profit, up 40% from a year ago, beating Wall Street expectations of $1.53 billion. This one's interesting. Remember last week when I told you about Manifold? It's a space, it's a platform where you can mint NFTs and you can test out different things. And you, they have two things. They have the mainnet and the testnet. And that, this is what I thought was really interesting, is that you can test your NFT mint, what they're going to be like beforehand on the blockchain with different things like additions or singles or one-of-ones or batches. And remember when I told you you can go to the testnet and get test F for absolutely free? But now... Testnet F is going for $1.60. Is this the start of the end? Testnet Ethereum spikes to $1.60 as traders jump on the opportunity meant for developers. Mudik Gupta said this in a tweet. Testnet F is trading for $0.69. Cents. Not nice. Testnet Ether is supposed to be free, but is being marked up by speculators. Keyboard warriors will tell you that it's developers that are buying into it. No, they're not. Maybe 0.1% are. Remember, Testnet F is for developers. It's for people that are trying things out on the Ethereum network before they launch. And this is going to you know, save you up for like minting fees and gas and platform service fees. Also, you just don't want the mainnet bloated with all kinds of tests. Also, you don't want your projects and your wallets bloated with all kinds of things that you're not going to use. How many burner wallets are you going to need to test it out? It's going to get super expensive. So Testnet F and the ability to test these products is super important. And so I really hope that um, this doesn't turn into speculation. And this is why they're saying, is this the beginning of the end? If Testnet F goes from, let's say, $15 million market cap and a price of $1.60, let's say if it goes up to 5 bucks. let's say if it goes up to 100 bucks, you're really creating a barrier of entry of who can use this Testnet. Considering Ethereum was what we just told you today, 1600 bucks or something. Um, and gas, when I was trying to mint my NFTs to test them out on the mainnet, I think I paid around $100 of, you know, minting certain things. You know, not only did I have to make the contract, uh, mint the NFTs, uh, you know, uh, there's multiple. I think I did, you know, four or five of them. It, it, it came out to be pretty expensive. So this is something that is very important. I hope that it doesn't get taken over by speculators and traders and boost up the price to unsustainable levels. And finally today, Animoca Brands chairman said that NFT marketplaces that cut royalties from their fee structures are insulting to creators. And this was a shot at Blur, by the way, and this whole battle between Blur and OpenSea. Remember last week I told you that Blur and OpenSea are in a basically price battle. OpenSea had a 2.5% um, service fee on everything that you did on there. So if you bought and sold an NFT, you're paying them 2.5%. Also, you know, there's a royalties from the creators. So if the creators wanted to put a 5 to 10% uh, royalty on their their work they're the creator they should get paid in perpetuity for their work well there's a battle on that too blur's coming in here trying to cut that all down blur is only enforcing about a 0.5 percent royalty OpenSea, they're following suit not rewarding creators for their content but rather rewarding traders that create liquidity is kind of insulting it's an infringement and it's also rude said the chairman Ultimately, the chairman believes that the next bull run will be driven by culture. And without royalties to feedback into companies, the creators making the product, which divine the ecosystem, it will fail. It will falter. What do you think? Do you think without the creators, without the royalties, where um, creators and artists and developers can get paid for their work forever in perpetuity? 
do you think that this will fail or do you think that this is turning into like more of a, decent, a centralized model do you think this is becoming a i don't know we're just building these big monolithic brands with walled gardens i mean one of the things that make youtube very very successful is that the, these creators get paid you can make a good living you could get really rich i mean look at mr beast a billionaire off of youtube I, I don't know why more people don't go this route because you inspire creators, you create loyalty, you get people paid to create good things. The content on YouTube is invaluable. Anyway, I hope that it doesn't go this route that they're just trying to maximize profits over uh, incentivizing creators because I think it's going to be a bad thing for the whole ecosystem. I do think it will, I don't know if it will falter, but I do think that you're going to take a lot of great creators and great ideas out of the system which I hope doesn't happen. Let's incentivize them to be in the system. Thank you for listening to this episode of GM. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment. And also remember, you can send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co, Decrypt.co. I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.